Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Reddit, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and ghost, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a special guest interview today following the NWSL Challenge Cup Championship. Before we get into everything, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all news and updates at Attacking Third. You can watch us as video, too, at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third, and you can be sure to hit subscribe so that you never miss out on our exclusive interviews or whenever we go live. Today's special guest is an NWSL Challenge Cup champion, part of the Challenge Cup Best Starting Eleven, defender for North Carolina Courage, Carson Pickett. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. We're hyped to chat with you. We were chatting a little bit off mic and we, I, Lisa and I were chatting. We were like, oh, let's 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 line up a player interview for A3 this week. And we're like, you know, it'd be great to chat with Carson Pickett. Of the I North love it. <laughs> so happy. I know you and I have chatted a little bit before in the past for some work with CBSSports.com. But this is your first time joining us on Attacking Third. So, so welcome. And you're coming off of a huge uh, Challenge Cup championship. Let's, let's start with that. Are, are you still celebrating? Uh, are you still feeling the effects of the celebrations? What What was something that you and your teammates did perhaps to, to celebrate lifting the cup? Yeah, I mean, um, this club is known for winning championships. And um, unfortunately, I haven't um, won many of them in the pros. So being on this team, um, I knew when I got here at some point, I would be winning a championship. And Um, I just, I'm so proud of the group, honestly. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest when we started preseason, we weren't sure how it was going to go just from losing so many amazing players. And, um, you know, we weren't sure how it was going to, um, we were all going to be together. There's some veterans, like a lot of new people and not only were the new people, um, other veterans in the league, there were a lot of young, younger girls. So we weren't sure how that was all going to come together, but our first game, I remember after we played Gotham at home, we were like, whoa, that is not what we expected. Um, preseason wasn't always like perfect, but yeah, when we played that first game, I was like, wow, this is going to be a really great year. And it's just nice to, um, to be surrounded by so many girls who just want to, um, work hard day in and day out, day in and day out. And, um, I think that everyone here is is really special and the groups come together so well. So to be able to win um, the Challenge Cup championship was just like incredible. And to be at home, I think it all worked out that way as well. To be in front of our fans, to have our family in the stands and, um, you know, to be able to be home and celebrate. But I just remember, I think the best part was going back in the locker room and just like having the Budweiser and the beer just everywhere. I think that was just like the coolest thing. I'll never forget that. Yeah. You got to get that beer shower after the win. I mean, huge (laughs) celebrations and you're at home. So you don't have to travel anywhere or go anywhere. 
Fantastic. So the Challenge Cup final, it's a two to one win over Washington Spirit. And you were named to the Challenge Cup best 11, um, due in large part to your performance, especially in that Challenge Cup final. We at Attacking Third, we love defense. Um, We are so high on it. And for you as a defender and outside back heading into that match, you knew you were going up against 2021 Rookie of the Year, Trinity Rodman. What was your biggest individual focus heading into that championship match, knowing all these different factors? Yeah, I mean, we know Washington very well. I think that within um, the last two years, it's become quite the rivalry um, and just playing them so many times throughout the last two years. uh, I think that you know, we know them very well. They know us very well. So it was kind of the same game plan every time, you know, you just got to stop Trinity, Ashley Hatch and Ashley Sanchez. Those are the top three um, that you have to stop for Washington. So that was kind of our game plan just to limit Ashley Sanchez and um, her ability on the ball, just to feed um, Hatch and Rodman. So those were our main focuses and just to, you know, make sure that they didn't get behind us because Trinity or Rodman's obviously she's fast, she's athletic. So just to kind of keep them in front of us was one of our main focuses, especially as defenders. Um, it's a lot easier to defend when they're in front of you rather than chasing them. So oh, yeah. uh, I think that, that was the biggest thing that we tried to focus on for sure. Yeah. You don't really want to be chasing either of those three. No, Uh, No, they're fast. (laughs) Incredibly fast. This was, you're also your first start in two challenge cup matches. You dealt with a bit of an injury. How Mm. is coming back from that injury and then starting in the championship? Yeah. I think as professionals, um, especially professional athletes, you know, you have to deal with injuries all the time. And fortunately I've had a really good run, um, with injuries. I have hardly ever missed any games in my seven years, um, in the WSL. So to be able to, uh, or to have to sit on the sidelines with an injury is not fun, but I, the older I get, the more I realize that, you know, if you're out two games, it saves you from bringing out two months. So unfortunately I had to make that decision. Um, I could have tried to push for the, uh, LA game away. And I just, me and the medical staff just thought it was best to kind of, um, take care of the injury early so that I could come back for, um, you know, the, the final and much more important games and just to be able to play in the future. Um, so unfortunately we had to make the decision. I am, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Cause I was able to play in the final. I would have hated to miss the final. That's something you like dream of and live for. So, um, yeah, we made that decision and it, it was terrible in the moment. I was not happy. I was a bit moody with, with our medical staff. Wasn't very, probably wasn't very nice, but, um, it, it all worked out exactly how it was supposed to. I think it maybe worked out for the best. Sometimes you got to let the story play out a little bit on its own and maybe take a back seat and allow some of the pages to turn before you can really sort of make that big splash and that big return. I'd love to chat with you a little bit, maybe about some of your teammates uh, alongside who you lifted this cup with. Uh, it was also recently announced that Davinia was awarded the uh, Challenge Cup MVP. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about kind of have going through uh, a first season with her to, to now in 2022 lifting a challenge cup uh, with the uh, with the Vina. yeah I mean everyone knows Deb so uh, luckily I think this is like the biggest thing that I've learned um I'm just so happy she's on my team and I'm not going against her <laughs> um there has been way too many years that I've had to go against her and it was terrible and um I just remember preparing for games and it was all about Deb And so, um, to be able to prepare for games and not have to speak about someone like Dabinia, you know, not getting on her highlight reel and things like that. I think that, you know, it's, there's a calming effect to it, but yeah, she's incredible. She's an incredible player. She does so much on and off the ball. 
I think that um, I play really well with her. I think we both read the game really well. So, um, you know, when I first came, I'm like, she's everywhere. I don't know where she's going to go. I don't know where she's going to be because she's just, she runs, she runs, she runs, she never stops. And so um, I think it took like, you know, a couple games to get used to that. But now I feel like whenever I go to look up, I don't even have to look to see where she is. I know she's going to be there. So I think that we, we've really gelled together. Um, I love playing with her. I know where she's going to be all the time. I think she knows where I'm going to be. There's times where she also will play a ball without looking and she knows I'm going to be there. So I think that um, there's a really good connection between us. And, you know, I just, I sit back and watch her meg people and juke people. <laughs> and I honestly just, I'm so thankful it's not me. <laughs> I think that that's just the biggest thing. <laughs> I would I would love to ask you then in terms of like the opposite side of the of the flank here with uh, working game days with with somebody like a uh, Mara Mathias. Uh, uh, look, I'm going to ask you to you're a champion. You looked at a title. I'm going to ask you to glow a little bit. Do the courage have the best outside back duo in the league right now? Yes, about it. absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I have to back, I have to back us obviously. So <laughs> yeah, I do. I think that, um, both sides, um, the left and the right right now, I think we're, we're all clicking together. And I think that, you know, adding Carolyn and such amazing players to the team, um, just helps us all around. So I think the less that me and Merritt have to defend, um, the better it'll be just because that means we're getting in the, into the attack and not having to worry about too much, um, of our actual position. So I know the, I know the games that are good for me are always the ones where I'm not defending. So it's much, much more fun when I'm in the attack, but yeah, I mean, I back us right now I, I do think um that both sides are just clicking and, and we're doing really well and I think that it works um I think everyone's playing really well together there's good vibes and I think that you know when everyone is good in the locker room and everything is great off the field you just are happier on the field and you just work better together on the field and right now I think it's just all come together at a perfect time and luckily it was to win a championship but also luckily it's in the beginning of the year um so you can only build from that Spoken like a true defender. The best teams are when you don't actually defend. Well, <laughs> I know, like no one actually likes defending. <laughs> yes, it's I work. agree. It's work. I it's agree with that. You, you want to be whipping crosses in, getting assists. I get it. I get exactly. it. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, looking at the schedule between the challenge cup and the regular season, there was overlap between that. I mean, you mentioned you had to miss a regular season game in order to make sure your body was healthy to play in that challenge cup final with a team that had three games in nine days between the regular season and the challenge cup. How does, how do you approach that quick turnaround individually? And as a team, does that change your preparation? Yeah. I mean, I think the way that it was set up, um, is kind of crazy. It's crazy that, um, you know, we had to potentially move, which did happen a yeah. regular season game, our home opener for, um, the challenge cup. And I think that that's just, that's super challenging, not only for the play, the, the teams that are in the final, but the, the teams that were preparing to play like Portland and I guess Chicago, I mean, it's challenging, um, and to have to reschedule games and stuff. And I think that it's mentally a lot harder than it is physically, physically we're professionals day, you know, day in and day out, we're working hard. And, and if we have to play three games in a week, that's not unheard of. So I think that, um, you know, although it's nice for some teams to get a break, um, if they didn't make it, um, the 10 K is definitely worth it. So I think that that that's always honestly the mindset, you know, if we were just 
um, playing to play. Of course, we're professionals and we're going to do the best no matter what. But, you know, when you think about, oh, we could have rest or we could have 10K, probably going to pick the 10K. So it is what it is. Um, I think that you have to roll with the punches, especially um, in professional sports, whatever comes at you, you're just, um, we're taught to just get through it. So there wasn't much talk about it. Um, I think that, you know, it is a bit challenging that although you make it to the finals and it's such a great achievement and things, you're actually playing a lot more games than other teams. And so that plays into it, but that's when you kind of go to your bench and to the depth of your team. And I think that that, that says a lot about the players who can come in and you can rest some players. And I think that that's something that is really, really, really important, especially in the NWSL. You know, sticking with um, the regular season here, North Carolina courage has this tradition of winning in with this Challenge Cup, it's the club's seventh trophy. Mm-hmm. Ahead of the 2022 season, though, there was some expansion uh, across the league, going from 10 clubs to 12 clubs, with the two Cali sides entering the fold. When you're looking at this North Carolina Courage team and looking at the competitive landscape of the league now, and knowing there's a long grind in front of you, are there any, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? Are there any other clubs out there that you're looking? You've talked a little bit about the spirit already saying that this is a team that you go up against and, and you know, they're going to present a challenge. Are there any other clubs out there that you're looking at on the calendar? You're saying, you know, this is going to be a challenge that we want to go out there and perform really, really well against. Yeah, I think um, just especially going off um, the Challenge Cup and the what, the first game of the season, there hasn't been too many games. Um, I think OL Reign, I think they're a great team. I think they're going to be hard to beat. Um, they have a lot of really good players, a lot of really good veterans. And I think that that's a game that we're going to um, definitely be circling on the calendar that we want to make sure that we put in a good performance against them for sure. Portland, I mean, <laughs> well, it's always Portland, especially if it's in Portland. You always want to beat Portland in Portland. So I think um, Portland is another incredible team. They're just no matter what year it is, they're, they're always a good team. They always have great players. Um, and even if they lose players, they bring in great players. So I think that, um, those two, especially, um, I know Chicago, there's a relatively kind of like us. I think that there is like, you know, a lot of people that left and some different people that came in. So I think all these teams are, are new, to be honest. I don't think there's a team that I'm like, oh, there's, more returners and new players, because I think with the expansion and with trades and things that can happen in the NWSL, um, I think there's a lot of new teams that aren't expansion teams. And so um, you just got to continue to watch games, watch them play other, other teams and just kind of see what their um, new tactics are and how their coaches, because there's so many new coaches as well, you know, what they're going to do with that team. So I think right now, OL Reign, they're, you know, they're a great team in Portland. I think those are the main two that we would look at and want to make sure we get put great performances in. Yeah. Always scouting the opponents love to Mm -hmm. see that, but there is a lot of new faces, a lot of turnover, a lot of good talent in this league. You touched on it with your team and, and some of the teammates you have a number of rookies that, really were fantastic to watch during the challenge cup, whether it's Malia Berkeley or Emily Gray, Deanna Ordonez, really tremendous things we're seeing mm-hmm. from these young rookies as a veteran in this league and, and with North Carolina, what in particular do you see from these rookies? That's so mm-hmm. impressive. I think the biggest thing that, um, veterans look at and specifically here at, at the courage is just like grit can you come in? Can you work hard? Our trainings 
are more time, more likely going to be harder than our games because we just train so hard here. Um, and I think if they can keep up in training that they're going to be fine in the league. And when you surround yourself in training with the best players, I think that it makes you less nervous for the games because you've already been going up against the best um, in training. So I think that that's why it's really important to, obviously you want to have a good team so you can win games, but you want to have really good players on your team so that, you know, when you are practicing, you're going up against the best. And I think that that's what happened with the courage, especially when it came last year. I mean, I was going up against Lynn Williams and people like that and Jess McDonald. And I think that if, you know, if I can mark them in training, then hopefully I can mark a lot of different people um, in the games. And so it's just all about preparation. And I think that the rookies have come in and um, they did the work in the off season. I think that that's the first thing you look at is have they come in fit? Have they taken the off season serious just to be ready for this for the um for the league but i i'll be the first one to say and i went through it too nothing can prepare you for the nwsl um college doesn't prepare prepare you for it even if you're on the best team the speed um at which the nwsl is played is just unheard of and you just cannot prepare for it so um i think the things we look at the most is the rookies that come in is how they react to adversity and how they can cope and um quickly make up for all the different things and the speed and stuff like that and going in against just the best players in the league. So I think that just um, watching them grow each day is, has been incredible, but they are putting in the work and um, I just appreciate people who want to be here and want to do everything that they can for the team. And I think that that's what all, all of our rookies have brought in for sure. I love hearing you with, with all your experience in the league chatting a little bit about what you're seeing from this kind of next wave of players coming in, you know, during, during the off season, we challenged ourselves at attacking third. We said, Oh, we're going to like do a, a, an episode preview for every single club this year, all 12 clubs. And when we got to North Carolina courage, uh, it was kind of really perfect timing because we had set up a conversation with, with, with Barrett and we were talking a little bit about the, the preseason, the early days and something like, a very historic CBA that recently got passed. So with, with all your experience, I would love to, uh, you know, take a second to, to maybe get your thoughts uh, on this a little bit, because some, some of what came out of the post game in the challenge cup, you talked about that. You said, yo, 10 K is life-changing for yeah. some, some players. So when yeah. we're looking at things like uh, new investment, new resources, kind of filtering into the league, a mm -hmm. CBA that is in place, when you're looking at that as a whole, was there something in particular within the current CBA that uh, maybe resonated with you on a personal level? Because one of the big things about it is you can go through this 44 page document mm -hmm. and sort of see how player experience within the league has directly impacted sort of this this new historic contract for you all. So what are maybe yeah. some some bullet points or some things within it that kind of have, has resonated with you? Yeah, I, I think first off, I just like, I want to shout out Megan Burke just for the things that she went through and had to go through to get our CBA um, passed and her and all the players. I mean, I remember being on a call one time for an hour, just kind of listening in the background and the stuff that they were talking about. I mean, half of it, I had no idea about. And I think that it's crazy that I've been in the league for seven years and I didn't even know my rights and what right, like anything. I didn't know what I was supposed to be getting. I didn't know what I uh, wasn't supposed to be getting. Like I just genuinely didn't know anything because I'm like, Oh, the NWSL holds my rights. Like I'm giving my career to them. And I think that that is, has been the biggest change is the fact that we now know our rights and we now know what to expect, what we deserve. And I think that that has been like life changing for people. I mean, I will say, I think the money, the minimum going up, I think that's just the biggest thing. I know that when I was first a rookie, um, 
I know it was only five, six months. The league was a lot shorter, but what the girls just won or what we just won in the challenge cup, the 10 K was more than the the minimum. Like we were making $7,000 and you can't live off that. Like you just can't. And, um, I think that that is the biggest change. And, you know, some of the girls are always, we, we are always talking to the rookies the other day. We were on an away trip, I think at Gotham and they were like, Oh, Red Bull. So nice. And we were like, yeah, well, you should have played at Rutgers when like the locker room didn't have showers. And it was like a, a dugout in there. It, it almost felt like a dugout and there was no showers. Um, it was a college and I was, and we were just laughing. They're like, no way. Like we could yeah. never dream of like playing in something like that. And I think that they just don't understand. And I, but I love that they don't understand, which means that it, we're obviously growing the league and that they don't have to go through those things. So I think, you know, the disaster of when I was on Seattle and we played Western New York on the baseball field, like things like that. I mean, it's just like those memories looking back, it's, it's insane that we had to go through those things, but it just shows how much um, the league has grown and how amazing the CBA is now. And I think going off that one of the best parts of the CBA is not being never allowed to play on a baseball field. I think that that's like one of the biggest things in the CBA. It's just it's almost sad that that has to be in there because we should never be playing on a baseball field anyways. But, um, the fact that like we had to put that in there almost says something, um, about how the league has grown just because there was no real standard before. I don't think in certain areas. And now, um, you know, none of these young ones ever have to have to play in at a college or, you know, somewhere where there's no showers and no changing rooms and things like that. So I just appreciate that the CBA was passed and there's so many amazing things. And I think the biggest thing is like, you know, playing surfaces, the minimum wage, like all the different things um, that these girls are getting to experience and not having to experience is just like really cool. No, I appreciate I appreciate you, yeah. you know, expressing your your thoughts on on the CBA and current. And that, I think that's a really important note that you bring up with with you kind of being in this leadership role and like having the rookies and you're like, hey, I'm going to tell you back yeah. in my day, we had to play on a, on a yes. but it's true. It's like someone like me. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I remember that. I think I think Kapire picked up. Yeah, an injury they got injured. There was like it was it was tough. It was a yeah. very, very tough day. But I mean, it's. It's, it's quite frankly, literal growing pains, right? That we yes. find ourselves discussing and chatting a little bit about now. But mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe to close out, we'd like to, whenever we have a guest interview on, we always like to close out with a little bit of fun. So I guess for you, it's going to be a $10,000 question. <laughs> um, so like you, you win, you lift the cup, you talk a little bit about it, saying something like that is life-changing. So when you have a, a new filter of, of, uh, of zeros coming your way, <laughs> something that you're already thinking about, like, I'm going to treat myself. Like, what is going to be your my treat myself moment? Is it like just coffee for the next month? Is it a new <laughs> pair of kicks? What, what is it for Carson Pickett? So um not going to lie. I did have a pre-purchase because I just believed in our team. I knew yeah. we were going to win. <laughs> so I did buy a Breville espresso machine that was I like that. $600. Um, I love that for you. Yeah. I'm like, it just, when I got it, I'm like, my life is elevated. It's completely yeah. elevated now. I have to. So um, not going to lie, I did that before we won, but that is because <laughs> I had so much confidence in us. Um, but now getting that money, I'm like, okay, well. It's, you're like, it's fine now. It works yeah, out. It all, works out. It, it all <laughs> so evens nice. itself out. So now that you've had the espresso machine, what's like your top flavor? What's your go-to make now at home? I, so actually 
funny story. I am like a vanilla latte girl. Like I can't drink coffee without syrup in it, but because I finally have such a nice machine, I like don't need syrup anymore. So I'm like growing up, I'm more mature now. So I, I can just appreciate good coffee. So now I just get it at home. <laughs> it's an investment in, in yourself and in the coffee that you drink. I, exactly. I <laughs> Carson, this was a delight. Thank you so much for joining us on Attacking Third today. Good luck with the remainder of the season. We always thank our listeners towards the end of the episode. So thanks everybody for following along. You can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for so much more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as video. Subscribe at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back this week with so much more for Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, and Carson Pickett. This was Attacking Terrorists. Thank you.